to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, the podcast. I'm Jenny Detweiler. Well, friends, this is the last episode of season two. It's been a pretty incredible year. I've loved to get to talk to some of my friends and also to get to meet some new ones. PRN now has 42 episodes. So while you're waiting for new episodes to come in season three, I encourage you to go back and check out some of the episodes you may have missed. Season three is primed to begin the second week of August, so keep your eyes out for that. Well, friends, I had a really great conversation with today's guest, Amy Golliby. She's a Christian folk musician who lives in Texas with her husband. She and I actually met over Twitter over a year ago, and so I'm really glad that it worked out for her to be on the podcast today. And it seems that it was a really good time because, unbeknownst to me, she's starting a new endeavor, which I found out about at the end of today's episode. It was really great to talk to her about her faith journey, about her music, and about some of the new things that are just around the corner for her. So with that, let's jump into today's conversation. So Amy, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself? All right. I'm Amy Golliby. I'm a singer-songwriter and a writer, um, a traveler, a wife, and a Texan. Yeah. So I'm talking to you today because, honestly, you are a musician, and I really have not had a lot of musicians on the podcast, so I'm excited to talk to you about music. Yeah. How did music become a passion in your life? So I was I started off as a writer. I grew up writing fiction, and then I got into poetry in middle school. And then I got, um, I was dating a musician in high school and he picked out my first guitar. I was about 16 when I got my first guitar. And I originally got it just because I wanted to learn praise and worship songs or, you know, sing around the campfire. But it was kind of a natural progression for me to start writing songs because I was already writing poetry, which was like rhythm and rhyme. And as soon as I learned, taught myself how to play three chords, I started writing my own songs. And it was really a way for me to express myself because I was kind of shy. So it was just another way for me to have that outlet of self-expression, you know, just not just writing, but also singing and plucking the guitar. Something about it, the outward expression of it was very satisfying. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it got started. Yeah. So now um, I've seen on your website that you released your first album a few years ago. How did you go from, as a teenager, picking up the guitar to getting all the way to releasing an album? So I wrote songs for about a decade. Um, through college, I was writing songs in my dorm. And then I moved to Austin to kind of pursue music. Um, and I, I was continually writing songs, but I never really performed because I was still really shy and really stage fright. And then sometime around like 28... I decided, okay, I, I've almost passed this decade without performing. I need to do this. And so finally I went to an open mic and I got such a positive review from people that it kept me going. And so I started performing more. And then I went to a, a Christian performer showcase. So it was like actors and models and uh, singer-songwriters trying to get discovered. And so I did this showcase. Neat. Yeah, and I ended up meeting Tate Music Group, um, which is out of Oklahoma. They don't exist anymore. Um, but is, that, is that Michael Tate? 
I don't like, think so. I will have to look that up, but um, they, yeah, it was uh, basically just an independent record label. And I sent them a demo of three songs and that I had recorded in Austin. And then uh, they sent me a contract and that was that. So I recorded my album up in Oklahoma and released it in 2014. Wow. Okay. So that, that is a pretty cool story actually. Okay. So take me back. So you were 28. So coming up on 30, I guess. Yeah. And, and feeling like now or never, like this is what I need to do if I'm going to do it. Yeah. I realized that I was reaching 30 and I had not pursued this dream yet. And it was a dream that I had since I was 16 and I was kind of mad at myself for not doing it. So I realized like, I think the thing for me was I really needed just to face my fears of performing and I had to move through the fear. So that, that was the starting point was just moving past the fear and just doing it afraid. The day that I did my first open mic, I have a picture of myself from that day and I'm chewing on my fingernails and so nervous and just, I was a hot mess. <laughs> and then like every time I performed, I had to do that. I had to move through the fear. So so yeah, I mean, I just, I knew that I had to do it afraid or I would regret it later on that I didn't do it. So yeah, yeah I think turning 30 was that, I think just coming up on 30 was the awakening for me, like that light bulb moment. Like I need to do this. That is really cool. Um, I think there's a really cool lesson in the whole, like, I've got to do this even though I'm afraid. So as a counselor, I sit with a lot of people with anxiety. I mean, granted, I feel anxiety myself sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And there's something about it that really makes us want to avoid and moving through it is really the way that you pull anxiety down, but man, it's hard. So good for you. That's fabulous. Yes. <laughs> it's still hard. It's crazy how it never goes away. Yeah. So I'm wondering because I'm not a musician, I mean, in my heart, I'd like to be, and I have a dream of one day when I'm not momming all the time, <laughs> picking up the guitar and learning how to play. What does your process of writing music look like? Do you have a certain way that you do it? Yeah. So I usually start with the chords first because I need to hear the sound of the music because that usually inspires the mood of what the song is going to be about. Usually I'll just start practicing guitar and I don't even know what I'm going to play. So I'll just start playing around with different chords and then I'll start getting a melody in my head and I'll start kind of singing gibberish over the the chords and just to get the melody down and then like words will start coming to me and so it's kind of backwards from how Nashville does it because they tell you to start with the hook and once you have the hook then you write the chorus and then you write the verse and I that's too backwards for me I can't do it that way so I start with the chords first and then melody and then lyrics um as a novice I'm gonna ask what is the hook the hook is like um it's usually the chorus Okay. It's the point in the song that you remember after you've stopped listening to the song. And it's the one that you can't get out of your head. So uh-huh. like take any of your favorite songs and whichever part that you can't get out of your head, that's the hook. Okay. Ooh. I gotcha. I kind of yeah. thought that's what it was, but I thought I would ask just in case. Yeah. So along the journey, like, I don't know how old you are now, but I'm thinking probably in your thirties, right? So yeah, mid thirties. Okay. So it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. Has, I know that a journey like that is difficult if you're not supported, like if you don't have people kind of behind you. 
Has there been anyone who's been particularly supportive or has been kind of like a mentor to you along the journey or how have you done that? Pretty much everyone has been supportive around me. So I'm lucky for that. Um, my parents have been supportive of it. They've been with me. They actually went with me to record my first album and my mom went with me to record my second album. So they've been really supportive about it. My mom has always been the one cultivating my creativity since I was little. And I've always, um, you know, had musicians around me who were doing the same things or, you know, who have done it before, just so I knew how to do it. Because, I mean, it's really hard when you don't have that community around you, especially Mm -hmm. when you don't know what you're doing. So I usually just find other people who, who know the industry. And or I just have a community of other musicians in Houston when I lived here or in Dallas or in Austin. You know, I just find find what other songwriters groups to join. Yeah, I totally get that. Okay, I'm going to change the direction for just a second of our conversation Um, on this show. I love to talk about faith stories. Um, And so I'm wondering what some of your spiritual journey has been like and if you'd like to share about that with us. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up in the Baptist church and I've always believed in God from what I remember. And remember going to vacation Bible school when I was little. Um, I, I always believed he was real, always believed in Jesus, but I don't think I always had a true relationship with him because I don't think I really knew him when I was younger. I think I had a very legalistic view of Christianity. To me, it was just a list of rules. And so that was my understanding was like, if you're good, you go to heaven. And if you're bad, you don't. So that was my understanding of it. And as I grew up, you know, I was a perfectionist in high school, um, overachiever. And then in college, I went through a really bad breakup um, with my high school sweetheart. We dated for four years. And so when we broke up, it left a void in my heart. It was kind of like a death. And so I didn't really have anything in my life at that time to fill that void. I didn't know how to fill that void. And uh, a few months after that, I ended up in another relationship, but that one was very toxic for me. It was mentally abusive and Mm -hmm. it left me feeling empty. It was basically a downward spiral of anxiety and fear and feeling unsure of myself and um, just needing that validation and approval. And then my last year of college, I joined a Christian group and I got involved in a community group. And it was like a Bible study of other females who were also in college. And we started studying the Bible together. And that's when I started to learn the relationship aspect of Christianity and who God really is and and how Jesus saves and Jesus forgives. And like the one verse that that I really remember saving me was uh, Romans 8.1. And it says, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who believe in Christ Jesus. And I feel like that was like the liberating moment for me because I had felt so condemned and ashamed of like my past and and just the relationship that I went through. And and that just kind of lifted the burden off of me. And I realized yeah. I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I'm I get a second chance. And so and then I started to find my identity in Christ and not in what um, other people thought of me. I had to find that identity and what God thought of me. And and so that was like a two step forward, one step backwards process of like letting go of needing that approval from people and, 
and holding on to what God says about me. And so, I mean, it's an ongoing process for sure. I, I'll probably be doing this walk for the rest of my life of like, okay, I don't need this approval. I just need it from God and finding that identity in him. So yeah, that's, that's basically how I came to know God. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. What college did you go to, by the way? I went to North Texas, University of North Texas in Denton. So that's about uh, maybe 45 minutes north of Dallas. Yeah. Um, I love that verse too. There's now no, therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Um, I'm wondering, like, as far as the whole, how do I get approval from God and not from people? I know for me, that's a really hard thing. And especially for somebody who's in the spotlight. So that's a hard thing for me as a person. That's a hard thing for me as a counselor. Now that's a hard thing for me in podcasting as well, or on, on a blog, like, do people like it? Is there any Mm -hmm. feedback? I'm sure as a musician, that's difficult kind of on an ongoing basis for you. So what are some of the ways that you manage that or that you, the Lord helps you with that? Um, that's a hard one. Uh, I think it's something I still struggle with for sure. Um, I think I struggle with it more when I'm performing and I'm a perfectionist when I perform. Um, but usually, I mean, I, I try the thinking, you know, try to the uh, cognitive patterns of like, okay, I, I'm already accepted and this is not about me. It's about um, loving the people in the audience mm-hmm. and trying to turn the attention back on them and like giving them a great show. And, and so, and just thinking about the stories that I tell through my songs and how they mean, what they mean for other people and connecting with other people. So I think I have to try to remind myself of the reasons why I'm up there and that it's not about being approved of or, you know, it's not really about me at all. It's really about turning others toward God or, or just reminding them of what truly matters. So Mm -hmm. definitely hard (laughs) to do that, but that's what I try to do. Yeah. So you were talking about the group that you're a part of in college, was it a Bible study or? Yeah, it was a Bible study. It was a semester long Bible study. And I have never really studied the Bible before that. Like I didn't even know how to read the Bible before that. It was something that confused me. I didn't understand the language. And so they just asked all the right questions that helps me uncover what the Bible was really saying. And now I feel like I really understand it. Like I study it on my own. So it just took a while. It takes practice and takes learning how to do. You know what? It really does. And I'm glad that you say that because I think the Christianese speak would make it sound like, oh, yeah, as long as you have the Holy Spirit, you'll yeah. you'll understand it for sure and for certain. And yeah, you're right. I think it does take time and the, and the Holy Spirit is a part of that. But definitely it works down into your soul the more that you spend time in the word for sure. Yeah. And, you know, just training, too. So you have yeah. to learn how to study the Bible and learn what all the weird things mean, because there's a lot of weird symbolism in there. <laughs> that you don't understand. Yes, there is. <laughs> so it sounds like meeting your husband was definitely a part of your faith story as well. Do you want to tell that story? How that so, came about? It's kind of a funny story. Um, I actually met him originally in middle school. Um, we were in band together. He played saxophone behind me. I was, I was a flute player. And so we were both the woodwind section. And so he sat behind me. I thought he was funny. 
in middle school. And then in high school, we had another class together and it was a multimedia class. Like it was, we would make um, fun videos. And he sat next to me and I had a crush on him that year. And I thought he was funny and cute, but we never dated. Cause I, like I said before, I was in a four year long relationship in high school. So I never dated other people. Um, and then we lost track of each other after high school. We went to different colleges. Um, we got reconnected on Facebook because that's we were the first generation to have Facebook because um, we were both in college at the time when it started. And I didn't really keep track of him on Facebook. So, um, I mean, when years passed before we finally actually started dating. It was in our 30s, like I was 32. And he would comment on my posts like he loves folk music. And since I'm a folk artist, he was following my music and I didn't even know it. And he even told me like, I had a crush on you from afar because of your music, but he never told me about it. So I didn't even know. That so, is so yeah. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Three years he was pining for me kind of. <laughs> um, and then we both love traveling. So anytime I would travel somewhere, he would comment about that. And then he was, he's an architect and I was working for an architect. So like we had a lot in common. And he was coming to Houston to visit for a church event. And he said, hey, we should get together. And this was in 2016. And so we got to, we hung out and we just really hit it off. We had a lot in common. We had a lot to catch up on and we were so compatible. And so since the day that we met up, we talked every day and it was a really fast relationship. We got engaged in six months and then married five months later. But um, I think at the time that we started dating, we had both kind of surrendered our love lives to God because we had been through a lot, both of us. Um, I had been through a lot of heartbreak for the past decade. Um, he also did. And, and so we had reached a point in both of our lives where we were like, you know what, maybe it won't happen. Maybe we won't get married. And so we had both surrendered our love lives to God at the same time, like around that year of October. And then two months later, we started dating. So it is just kind of crazy how it happened. Yeah. It sounds like you both were ready. Yeah, beyond ready. <laughs> beyond ready for marriage and a relationship and someone to settle down with. So, yeah. Yeah, that's neat. I read on your, I guess, your blog or your uh, website mm -hmm. um, that there was a lot of prayer that went into that, like wondering if you'd yeah. always be single or if God had somebody for you, especially after the breakup. So it sounds like there was a lot leading up to that. Yes, I went through, I think I went through two breakups that year before I started dating my husband. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a really hard time. I was, you know, I was in my 30s. I was still living with my parents at the time. I had moved back home from Austin. Um, so I lived in Austin for three years and then I moved back home with my parents because it was just a hard ride in Austin, just financially and emotionally. And so I came back home to recuperate and I ended up staying for five years. I, you know, dated here and there, but, and all my friends in Houston had already gotten married and, and built families. And I felt like I was way behind and, and I, all I had at that time was my career, my music career to keep me going. And so I just was struggling emotionally. It was really hard especially in my thirties. Cause that by the time I was in my thirties, I was ready to start a family. And really I didn't 
there was nobody on the horizon, basically. And yeah. so I really was starting to give up and just become really frustrated and burnt out on relationships. And and so did a lot of prayer went into it. And actually, October of 2016, I bought a book called, I think it was 31 Prayers for Your Future Husband. And so I started praying through that in October and it was in December that me and David met. So only two months later of when I, I didn't even finish the book for my future <laughs> book before, before he came. So obviously those prayers were working. I, I guess so. Yeah. I was definitely praying for a husband before that. I feel like I had been praying for at least a decade for, to find someone. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I loved I love that story. So on every podcast, I like to ask my guests a couple of questions. One of them is, who is somebody that inspires you and why? Like that can be um, an author, a musician, somebody in your personal life who's meant something to you. So I had a hard time with this because it's hard to choose just one. But actually, I chose Julie Andrews. If you know her from I do. Mary Poppins and Sound of Music, it's also one of my mom's favorite actresses. And I'm really close to my mom and we watch Sound of Music together. We actually went to Austria last year to like do the Sound of Music tour. Oh, wow. Um, but I've, I've read her memoirs and I love the path of her life and how her career journey started. She was very young. She worked really hard and she just inspires me because she's still so dignified for someone who's a Hollywood actress and who's very famous. I feel like she carries herself well and... And I mean, she has a past and it's a kind of a heart broken past. Her family's very broken, but I feel like she carries it well. And, and also just her career itself inspires me because she worked really hard and, and I feel like hard work really goes into like a successful career. I don't know her whole story. I think I know bits and pieces, but I think I heard that she was having voice problems. Like she couldn't sing as well as she used to. Is that true? Yeah, she got a vocal surgery i think it was on her vocal cords and it affected her singing so she doesn't really sing anymore i know that's gotta be hard yeah i don't know how i would feel about that because i like singing and it's a great outlet for me so i just i think that would be hard yeah but you're right she does carry herself with a lot of dignity you mm -hmm. can tell yeah yeah oh i love that the other question I love to ask people is, what is one of your favorite scripture passages? So I know you already said Romans 8.1. Is there one um, that's important to you in this season of life or during one that's that, just your overall favorite? Yeah, during this time, I've been holding on to Luke 18.27. It says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. I feel like during this time, we need that, like especially with coronavirus and everything that's going on. Um, I feel like sometimes it feels impossible that things will change or get better, but I know that through God, anything's anything is possible with him. So yeah. I that one. Yeah, that's a good word. I really like that, yeah. especially for now. You're right about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about today that I didn't ask you about? Um, well, I'm about to launch a new business. Oh, you are? Yes. So maybe I can talk about that. I'll yeah. be working on Tuesday, right after Memorial Weekend. Um, I think by the time this podcast comes out, it'll already be launched. Um, it's a dream I had in college. I was a fashion design major in college. 
and the businesses I I wanted to start an all-American brand for women's clothing that would inspire Americans to bring back the Gali values and principles that we were founded on. So I feel like our culture is kind of straight away from that. And so my I my goal for this brand is to like bring that back and bring back you know what America truly valued in the beginning and why we were founded. So that's something that'll be launching on Tuesday. It's called Liberty Outfitters. And yeah, so it's a women's clothing brand. Whoa, I did not know that. That's very cool. <laughs> so now I have a bunch more questions. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, are you, did you sew these clothes yourself or can you buy them online or how does it work? So it's going to be fully online. Um, okay. luckily, um, the internet makes this possible for me to start. I don't think I would ever be able to start if it weren't for the internet. Um, but I originally, when I planned this business, I did want like clothes, a clothing store, like a retail store with clothes that were actually made and patterned and, you know, but uh, starting off, I'm just going to do graphic t-shirts, graphic totes, and, you know, things that can be printed or screen printed. So it's every, everything is manufactured um, in America and printed and shipped from the manufacturer. So I don't have to deal with the inventory. Um, but, you know, maybe down the line, I would like to open a brick and mortar store, but it takes a lot of capital, which I don't have right now. So I think starting off to build capital, I want to start with just print on demand and like they make it at the factory and they ship it to the customer. And so, yeah, it'll be start off with like graphic t-shirts and maybe build up from there. So very cool. Well, I'm glad I asked because I did not know that. That's really awesome. Yes. Congratulations. So just random. I just finished watching on Amazon prime. What was that show making the cut? Did you watch that? With Heidi Klum? Oh my gosh, I actually haven't. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I miss a lot of things. Well, I just want to say for you and for all the listeners, I'm not sure I'd agree with all the lifestyle choices that are represented in the show. But as far as it is about fashion, like they bring a bunch of fashion people in and then they have to sew their own clothes and then put them out on the runway and... Hmm. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't really like the fashion industry. And yeah, well, I can understand after watching that show. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not really into the high fashion stuff. Um, never really. Even when I was in fashion school, I always knew I was going to start a not a high couture fashion runway type of store. Um, and the industry, you know, I took a trip to New York when I was in college, and I felt like it wasn't really for me. Um and I feel like it was very image-based, and yes. that also wasn't for me. So I was really turned off by it, which is why I didn't really go into the fashion industry when I graduated. I went a different route. But um, So I, what is it about fashion that drew you? Um, you know, I had so many interests when I went to college. I didn't know what to major in. I had, uh, you know, I liked interior design. I liked architecture. I liked songwriting and writing and acting, and I liked everything. And so, so creativity, yeah, anything creative. And I felt like fashion was the one thing I couldn't teach myself. So <laughs> that's why I went into fashion design in college. It was like, okay, I, I can teach myself guitar. I can teach myself songwriting and, and whatnot. But that was the one thing I couldn't teach myself. So I, I went in for that. And I, and that's when I really thought of the idea for the business was for the American 
uh, for Liberty Outfitters. And, and so that's what really drew me in um, was that, was the business idea. Yeah. But um, I think it was, it was definitely a challenging three years that I was in the program. (laughs) I bet. I I bet. Yeah. When I talked about that show, I guess kind of what I thought about was I'm not really a sew, a sewer. Is that a seamstress? I guess is the way you say that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and neither am I high fashion at all. In fact, I'm a boy mom and that was probably, I know that was God ordained because I don't do hair and all that stuff very well either. (laughs) Yeah. But I loved the creativity of seeing how things go together. And yeah, there's, there yeah. is a lot of, um, I don't know, there's an art to it. So but there definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the, I don't think I have the art for high fashion. That just never was me. And I'm literally wearing like pajamas right now. So I'm not <laughs> a fashionista myself. <laughs> so if people want to find it, do you have a website that they can look at? Yes, it'll be libertyoutfitters.org. Dot org. Okay. It'll be on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Liberty Outfitters. Very cool. So that leads me to ask what I was going to ask at the end, and that is, if people want to find your music, Amy, where are the best places for them to go find it? On my website, and it's amygolaby.com. I will spell that because it's really hard to spell. Um, it's Amy, A-M-Y, and then Golaby, G-O-L-O-B-Y.com. And from there, they can find um, all my social media links from there. Very cool. And I guess you're on like Spotify, Pandora, all the things. All of the things. Very cool. Well, I so appreciate you being on the podcast. It was really fun to talk to you. Yes, you too. It was really fun. Thanks for inviting me to do this. Finally, after a year and a half. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thanks again to Amy for being on today's podcast episode. I so enjoy getting to talk to you and blessings on your new endeavor. Friends, if you want to learn more about Amy, I'll link to her website and also Liberty Outfitters on today's show notes. Well, again, this is the last episode of season two. It's been so fun and I look forward to starting season three the second week of August. Until then, go back and check out episodes you may have missed. There have been some pretty great ones this season. You can also catch up with me on Pause Renew Next at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, where you can join the community, see what I'm up to, and what's coming for Pause Renew Next in the future. You can also keep up with blogs that I will continue to write this summer, probably about every other week, on the website, pauserenewnext.com. Well, friends, I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN, Pause Renew Next, the podcast. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus.